The so-called Doubting Thomas story is the lectionary reading each year on the Sunday after Easter, and it's it's a wonderful story. I just never get to preach it since I, like most pastors, am usually on vacation the week following Easter. But like so many other things, this year is different. While a family is sad we couldn't take the trip we had been looking forward to, I am excited to get to preach on this beloved but often misunderstood story. I've been thinking a lot about schools this week. I know our students in Fauquier County are beginning online instruction this week, while our college students have been doing their best to continue online coursework uh, virtually uh, during this time. So this made me think back to my education. It seemed like in every class there was always that student, no matter what uh, schooling, high school, college, seminary, there was always that student. That student, you know, who would ask a question or make a comment, which seemed to be done just to make themselves look good. That student who I was convinced might actually ask for more reading or homework if given the chance. Now, if I'm completely honest, I probably was that student myself at least once or twice. But once I finished school uh, and I started doing teaching uh, in, in the church and otherwise, I started noticing that student uh, in on the other side of, of the... Um, the lectern of, uh, as, as a teacher. The difference was that now I truly appreciated those questions. Those questions, those comments would either challenge a point I was making, forcing me to explain something further, or they'd ask a, ta they'd ask a question that would take our conversation and lesson to a whole new level. I've learned that it often takes both student and teacher's input to truly make a lesson wonderful. Now, to get back to our story of the 12 disciples, Thomas is that student. I think of him as the overachiever disciple. Now, he gets a bad rap the Sunday after Easter each year in the church. We talk about doubting Thomas, how he needed proof in order to believe. But if we look back in the gospel, Thomas plays a very special part among the disciples. Several chapters back, Jesus is teaching the disciples about his father's house, how it has many rooms, and that he goes to prepare a place for each of them there, and all they need to do is follow. Thomas, being that overachiever, uh, that student, asked simply, um, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus responds, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It was a good question that sparks this beloved line from Jesus, taking the conversation to a new level. And I think the church owes a debt of gratitude to Thomas for being that overachieving disciple. Now, what happens in our story today is a very similar exchange. The risen Jesus appears to the disciples, though they had the, lock, the door shut and locked because of their fear of Jewish authorities, that were, and they were still on alert following Jesus' arrest and crucifixion. Jesus shows the disciples his hands and feet, says, Peace be with you, and breathes the Holy Spirit on them to commission them to do ministry. But there's a problem. Thomas wasn't there. As much grief as we give Thomas for being doubting, we often forget that what he demands as his grounds for belief are the very things the other disciples experienced. 
to see the risen Christ, to touch his still wounded hands. Thomas wants the same experience the others had. And so he holds out belief until he can get that wonderful experience. Jesus appears again through the locked doors, this time making sure Thomas is there. And he wastes no time going right to Thomas, inviting him to see and touch his hands. Then Jesus says the memorable, do not doubt, but believe. I think our English Bibles do a pretty poor job of translating this. There is a word for doubt in Greek, but it's not here. That's right, friends. In the story of so-called doubting Thomas, the word for doubt is actually nowhere to be found. Rather, what is here is the negative form of belief, unbelief. In other words, do not be unbelieving, but believe. Jesus continues by challenging his student one more time. Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Thomas' exchange with Jesus adds something to the previous commissioning of the disciples. Not only are the disciples commissioned by Jesus, now they are commissioned to go and tell others about Jesus without being able to physically show him to others. This is the mission of the disciples and in turn becomes the mission of the church to this day. Now, it's what, what's wonderful about John's gospel is that Jesus' final blessing is for the church, for all of us today. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. For this commission and blessing, we have that student Thomas to thank. Now, I have a couple of pet peeves with how the church has understood this wonderful Easter story. And we discussed the first, the idea of doubting Thomas, so-called doubting Thomas. But the second is how much we focus and tend to focus on Thomas in the story. We do this, I think, because for generations, the church has stigmatized doubt as something good Christians ought not to have. The result is that Christians flat out pretend that doubt and fear do not exist. But if we look at the resurrection stories in all four Gospels, we'll find that there's a healthy mix of faith and fear, of doubt and belief, even among the disciples. Truly, the story isn't about Thomas at all. The story is about the risen Jesus appearing twice to his disciples and commissioning them to continue his ministry. You see, the disciples were in hiding. The door was shut, and the language suggests that this wasn't the first time they had found themselves locked away in hiding. But Jesus appears to them through the locked door twice. But Jesus, the risen Christ, he appears to the disciples in the midst of their fear, in the midst of their doubt, going through the locked door, through the walls they were hiding behind. Now, to put it in terms we'd understand today, and experience today, the disciples were sheltering in place. They were locked away from the rest of the world. And it's in that moment that the risen Christ appears to the disciples in the midst of their fear, in the midst of their doubt, going through the locked door to bless them and give them peace. 
in this time of staying home, in this time of social distancing, in this time of such fear and uncertainty. In Jesus, we know that we follow a risen Lord who comes to us in the most desperate of times, just as we are, no matter where we are. No matter how holy we pretend to be, we, like Thomas and the disciples, we all ride the spiritual roller coaster, twisting and turning between faith, doubt, between fear and belief. Jesus never condemns this very human response. Rather, he comes to us through the doors, locks, and barriers we place, saying, Peace be with you. Showing us his hand, giving us his Holy Spirit, that we might share this good news. Friends, this is the comfort that the risen Christ brings us in this time. May it strengthen us to live as Easter disciples as we continue to waver between doubt and faith, fear and joy in these uncertain times. Knowing that the God we know in Christ will come to us just as we are, wherever we are, and give us his peace that passes all understanding. Friends, may it be so for us and for all. Amen.